0: sports but we came here to win the most legit podcast that's why we know you're tuning in we cover the biggest news we underdogs but we can't lose so trust the process yes you because we got chris and anchu to bless you with the best features best stories we diving deep like a lambo leap. wake up kid and stop snoring we on point just like this peak bring the passion like the talk path in the cold get a cold breath sit back and race the cat because we start this show like right now
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. I'm Chris Wardell, joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu, Chris, how are
0: you? Doing all right. Watching uh, Premier League soccer currently on my uh, TV. So yeah, that's the backdrop for week what ten of the COVID (laughs) action. No,
1: we're. I think we're maybe. Well, maybe for you guys, I think. I'm sorry. Yeah, like week what? I think
0: one hundred days.
1: Yeah, so I remember the first day of NFL free agency. The tampering period was my first day of shelter in place. So I believe I believe that was the six, 15th or the sixteenth of March. So I'm I'm okay. going into week fourteen.
0: Yeah, that sounds closer to correct.
1: Good times. It uh, yeah, yeah really flown by. It's funny in that it's <laughs> it has kind of kind of has flown by, but also it feels like an eternity, and we're never going to get out of it.
0: Yeah, it's truly a dream sequence, <laughs> or a nightmare sequence, as it were.
1: It blows my mind that, and I want everybody listening to this to really think about what I'm about to say. As Anshu and I sit here recording it, it is June 23rd. How is that even possible?
0: <laughs> First day of summer, right? Or was it yesterday or now, something? Two yeah.
1: days ago, is the summer solstice, yes. Well, now, I, the negative here is it's now getting darker every day, uh, sooner every day. Mm, so, perfect. we're into that, we've we've got fires up here in California, and
0: you know, the
1: world is a great place. <laughs>
0: hey, how, how, what an epilipsing uh, start to the show! Amazing.
1: Yeah, no. I one thing uh, since you we you brought the coronavirus into this, the one thing I do want to talk about. I saw this list today of the the favorite fast food restaurant by state, and I thought it was really interesting because one one. Uh, brand is way more represented than I would have guessed, but can you guess what the favorite fast food restaurant in Illinois is? Uh,
0: McDonald's?
1: McDonald's has seven states, including California and Pennsylvania. In Illinois, Wendy's.
0: Wendy's, yeah. I was, that was my second guess. Not surprising.
1: Wendy's also has, uh, let's see, it looks like nine states. Sonic is the one that it, I, I'm i shocked is seemingly overrepresented. Basically, the entire South favors Sonic, other than Louisiana, the one and only right decision of Popeyes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Chick fil A has got two. Yeah, yeah three, I was
0: say no love for Chick fil A.
1: Chick fil A has got three. Oh, sorry. Chick fil A has got a couple of smaller states, too. It looks like Rhode Island. But, uh, and a place called Culver's that I'm not familiar with. Is, oh, Yeah. Got a couple.
0: Wisconsin, I would guess, is up there for
1: it. It seems like right above. Yeah, we're like Idaho-y I know my geography is poor, but <laughs> uh, and and lastly, lastly, Taco Bell. So those there are those are the only favorites. And there's no. I'm I'm surprised there are no smaller companies, no regional companies that break in anywhere. But I guess maybe that's what Culvers is.
0: Yeah, yeah, Culvers is pretty regional. Chick Fil A is actually still kind of regional i mean there's only like a very few around chicago so mm.
1: but it, it does seem like there are chick-fil-a's all over the country from you know from pennsylvania to california
0: yeah 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 they're just more sparse
1: by the way what is wrong with people i don't know if i don't know if your chick-fil-a is the loaded Great. question uh, yeah, yeah loaded question right so uh, much i don't know what stop you there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much everything I don't know if your Chick Fil A's are like this as well, but for me, Chick Fil A and In N Out, which I'm gonna just draw the ire of my fellow Californians, is massively overrated. Mm -hmm. Um, The lines are like lines I have never. It'd be like they're giving away free bars of gold. Is the only reason I would be (laughs) I would want to get into a line this long. I I wanted to Tim
0: Hortons in Canada. mm, yeah. Yeah, same kind of thing.
1: I I told Alexa we were driving uh just driving around the other day and we saw like our, ta- our our Chick-fil-A. The line literally starts on the road and it loops basically around an entire little um an entire parking lot and um and a gym. I want to I want to get in the line just to see. I think people are legitimately waiting like 50 minutes.
0: Wait, Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out?
1: Ch- Chick-fil-A. In-N-Out is wow. exactly the same, but Chick-fil-A is Chick Fil A is uh, it's a little bit worse, I would say. Wow. It's nuts.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. People people love their Chick Fil A, that's for sure.
1: I guess, man. Apparently, McDonald's our favorite place, and we, I don't ever see lines there, but no, neither here nor there. Big sports news uh, yesterday on Shukana, and I guess a uh, good and 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 a little bit sobering when you consider the ramifications of what it all means, but baseball is back we're gonna have a 60 game season with opening day somewhere around july 26th spring training starting in july 1st ish assuming that people can get their facilities cleaned in time after a dramatic number of positive tests not close to what college football had but a a dramatic number of (laughs) positive tests regardless the there's going to be 10 playoff teams and uh Players will be receiving a full prorated salary for 60 games. It's going to be about 37 percent of their regular season salary. What do we think of this?
0: Uh, I mean, the default option. Like mm-hmm. basically, all the the back and forth of the last few months was for nothing, or not months, but weeks feels like months, mm-hmm. um, was for nothing. They are going to basically default back to the original agreement that was struck, I believe it was March 28th or something like that, between the two sides. Um, it's the reason why the players have been saying, just tell us when and we'll be there. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I it seemed to be trending this way. The, their only hope was when C- Tony Clark and, um, and Rob Manfred met last week. And it seemed like they were getting that they had a handshake agreement, maybe, and then Clark brought it back to the players. They weren't having it, so um, not not overly surprising. Um, You know, I I think it would have been cool if they had been able to strike something. I think the owners made a massive mistake in not conceding a little bit, especially ahead of the end of this CBA that Mm -hmm. will uh, occur at Mm -hmm. the end of the twenty twenty one season. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, make no mistake, this was a lot of posturing ahead of those negotiations. And if these were considered contentious, I think um, we're in for a, a much worse situation here in about a year and a half.
1: It seems like a f- the consensus is that it's basically a foregone conclusion that we're heading towards a strike in about a year.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it's not just because the sides are far apart, which I don't think they're that far apart. It's... Mm the fact that neither wants to give an inch to the other because both sides are just so filled with hatred towards Mm -hmm. the other, you know? Like, I mean, the the amount, like, you know, the NFL has had some pretty rough CBAs. Their last two, I would say, have been fairly rough and very well-documented in public. But I think that this one is probably the worst I've seen, uh, especially given the circumstances and the ability to potentially, you know, again, like, both sides are incentivized to strike something and get – you know, become the only game in town and keep talking about it, and they just completely bungled it, and I uh, just, you know, they're, they're getting what they expected, and, you know, this is why people, why baseball is a distant third in the uh, American sports lexicon, I think.
1: Yeah, this is really a mess. It seems like the owners could have carried some goodwill by just tacking an extra five games onto the schedule uh, for the right. players. It's it's disastrous right now, and it, it seems like, you know, like I said, we're definitely headed towards a strike. and Maybe that's, maybe that's for the best. Uh, baseball is a sport that is kind of fundamentally broken right now. It is mm-hmm. a, a sport that plays by it's, you know, it prides itself in, well, I don't want to say it prides itself in being antiquated, but <laughs> that that's kind of what it is in a lot of yes. ways. It, it's a sport that prides itself on, you know, being true to what it was at the start and not, you know, coming up with these drastic adjustments and it's a sport that dramatically needs drastic adjustments. We had the draft last week. The draft is a disaster. It's just a disaster. You have... This is the only time you will ever watch a draft where a team passes on a better player to take a lesser player so that maybe they can get a better player later. You're right. The rules are definitely
0: totally out of whack. I mean, there's... There are, I I can empathize with the idea that, like, it's hard to balance the big market and small market teams in baseball more than other sports. And that's been the constant issue because right now we're in a phase where, like, the big market teams aren't winning world championships at the same rate as they were because teams are just much smarter and, um, you know, the margins are more narrow and you have all these analytics that everyone's using, like, the same system effectively. Right, but you know, if you remove the salary cap or not remove the salary cap, if you remove like the penalties tied to signing certain types of players, it's going to flip it back, and it's and you know, and at the same time, like the players want unlimited salaries, obviously, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, for competitiveness sake, you don't just want to see the Yankees in every single World Series. So it's it's such a it's such a tricky you know balancing act to strike but at the same time like they give you no reason to feel bad for them because of the way that they handle these negotiations and we talked about last week but rob manford just comes off like such a douche and like no one wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and i i certainly don't i mean like again him referring to the owners as we repeatedly (laughs) to me was like such a i I don't know the the optics were just so nasty and I mean, you're right. they're they're definitely careening towards a, a strike unless I mean, and this is a very real possibility, unless Rob Manfred isn't the commissioner at this time next year.
1: that would be the best thing for the sport for sure. And one thing, mm-hmm. I am excited to get the CBA over with and hopefully get rid of these unbelievably stupid rules for the competitive balance picks. Why do the St. Louis Cardinals get an extra first round pick every year? This is a team that's it's incredible. Like I understand. <laughs> I understand the teams with the 10 lowest revenues getting an extra pick. That's fine. But you're also giving them to the 10 smallest markets. And that just, it seems like overkill. The Cardinals don't need extra help. A lot of these teams don't need extra help. We don't need, you know, 59 picks in the first round every year between the first round and the competitive balance round and the supplemental round and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's just,
0: it's stupid. Right. Well, the competitive balance. Round is named as as such for that reason. But you're right. Like, the Cardinals are not a small market team, relatively speaking, in terms of spend. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I, it's weird. And And uh, unnecessary.
1: Look, here's what you want to do. Look, I'm fine with this. If you want to give the, I'm going to fix baseball right now. We're going to take, it's going to be a three-year average. The 10 teams with the lowest record over the last three years can have an extra sandwich pick between the first and second rounds. There
0: you That's go. It.
1: It's done after that. It's not tied to revenue. It is not tied to location. It is tied to actually being good or bad.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I think it's like... Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. That's an interesting thought. I think that there's... There are a lot of different factors though as far as like... So would that be tied to free agency is
1: the question then. I th- okay, I don't I don't think teams should ever and I'm I'm shocked that the MLBPA allowed uh allowed the rule where teams lose draft picks to sign free agents because you're disincentivizing teams to to spend money on free agents. Right. That's crazy. Now, I would never be okay with them lose a team actually losing a draft pick. I'd be okay with it teams being awarded draft picks in cases, in extreme cases where you lose a major player.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's hard to quantify though, you know? That's and like true. Reward. I think that, I mean, there's just needs to, and then with the minor leagues being kind of gutted in some ways, yeah. I just, there's, it needs an overhaul really, like it needs a complete, baseball is you're right, it's a sport that prides itself on its, on its sort of timelessness, but That also is like it's a bygone era, you know. Mm. There needs to be changes, and there it's a sport that's just so so resistant to that stuff. I mean, even like instituting instant replay, which takes like it adds like three minutes to a game on average, and just to get like important calls right in a low-scoring sport like that caused such an uproar, you know, amongst (laughs) like the baseball purists. And by the way, this is the only sport. Where the word purists comes into, it comes into play so often mm-hmm. it's just so stupid like it's a sport it needs to come with the times and with the fact that technologys advanced so they need to be better and I think that like the owners on down it's it's just one of those things where it's like it'll it'll happen at some point but right now the group of people that run major league baseball teams are just they're old they're the old guard and they're not very willing to uh, to change. Well,
1: it's uh, it, it is a field that is making them a lot of money, so I guess I understand that. Do you? The one mm. thing I was wondering about with this truncated season, do you know what the rules are in uh, you know reservice time for players coming up?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I haven't seen anything about that. I know that like contracts are tolling the way that they normally would. I mean, you're paying out on a pro rata basis, so mm. like they're. I mean they're like Mookie Betts gonna be a free agent next year Trevor Bauer's gonna be a free agent next year all those guys that it's the same rules basically just truncated my guess is service time for this particular year will just be like you know it'll be like the days will be multiplied by whatever the factor is that would have been so like if if you're normal if it's normally what like it's a, a some Yeah. I think it isn't it always like it depends on the year. Like it's not it's not a specific number. It depends on like what the percentage is, what percentile you fall under amidst your class. Yeah, I'm not isn't 100% under-
1: sure of that, but I know when guys usually come up in June to avoid being super twos.
0: Right, but I, but it's not an it's not like predetermined. It's super two it's based on multiple years of told time, or something like that. Yeah, it's I, I don't know, but it I don't I, I'm guessing it'll be a small factor of that, right? Like if it's normally June, it'll now be that's normally what one month into the season or twenty days into the season. Now it'll be that many days. It'll probably be like halfway through the season. I don't know. If I'm sure they have some rule around
1: it. Yeah, that's my concern because it seems like a, you know a in a regular situation that teams would have to keep those guys down for like three quarters of the, the 60 game season. And that mm-hmm. seems like it's bad for the sport in a time when the sport really needs as, uh, as exciting a product as possible.
0: Well, keep them down. Where is the other thought, right? Like, yeah, is that, it just that's like, a great point. Is it at their like, uh, I don't know, spring tra extended spring training facility yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, and I think that you know this will drift into the NBA too, where like that because of the way that the the quote unquote free agent pool where it is and you know how available it is to the teams that all those rules need to be very well flushed out before um, you know. And at the same time, baseball does a great job. Teams themselves, front offices, do a great job of exploiting inequities mm-hmm. all the time. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if teams find a way around or loopholes through whatever. You know, is determined. You
1: just made a, a sensational point that had not even occurred to me. With no minor league season, where are we? Just keeping guys at the complexes so they're they're ready to come up in case of an injury because we effectively have so. we have no quad A players now. We have no replacements just waiting.
0: Right. But you have to have them. Um, you have to have Absolutely. like this bank of of arms and especially, especially arms. issues. Yeah, yeah, and I I also think that roster expansion has to be considered a thing, but at the same time, the teams don't want to overspend on players, you know? And okay. so it's it's just such a delicate balance, and I think that, um, you know, the teams that are willing to spend a little bit more money are probably going to be much better stocked than the ones that are sort of rolling with the skeleton crew, so to speak, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I think the whole thing is, is an incredible experiment, but... That's kind of what it is, unfortunately. Unlike basketball, like baseball hasn't gotten started this year, mm-hmm. and they've obviously proven to be very distant on what the players and teams think that, you know, the obligations of the season are. So it's going to be, like, I, I really think there's going to be a major dichotomy between the teams that, like, are going after this year's championships and those that aren't, and I think that it's going to, create like a very odd year in terms of results.
1: Well, speaking of big spenders, were you at all surprised to see that your beloved White Sox went full slot for Garrett Crochet?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, um, especially because they went double, I think, what they needed to on Jared Kelly in the second mm. round. And then they did sign those other two guys. But the other guys, as we talked about last week, are like, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they would have been drafted on day three. They, the they
1: were practice. drafted to save money
0: exactly but they did sign for like you know 50 k so they I don't know. They have
1: to they have to sign otherwise you lose that slot money
0: oh gotcha yeah so um oh i didn't know that uh mm-hmm. yeah so yeah like i mean they basically spent everything on two guys which we kind of expected and yeah uh, i am surprised though that crochet went full freight but you know the idea is that you wouldn't have gotten him in the second round so you know there was really nothing to go to go by
1: Fair enough. Last thing I, I kind of wanted to hit on with the baseball stuff: Do you think football is watching this as an interesting test run for how their season could potentially work?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, do you mean like logistically, logistically. or in yeah, terms because of like traveling from city to city and all exactly
1: that because this you yeah. know basketball is not you know it's not a good comparison for what we're going to see with football. Basketball is a sport where we have fifteen guys on a team only you know 13 active or whatever and Mm -hmm. they're all going to be in a bubble but baseball we're going to be traveling city to city to go play baseball
0: i mean i i just think of the basketball i it's going to give us probably the best champion um Mm -hmm. of those two for sure but it is it's more like a tournament than anything (laughs) you know like i mean it's it's all all that's what the
1: playoffs are
0: right well yeah but i mean like like a conference tournament, or an out of con- you know, like a ba- like a college basketball preseason tournament, almost. Mm. Um, but you're right. I mean, and you know, even though Fauci came out last week and was like, you know, football needs to very much consider a bubble esque situation. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like Adele and the owners are very much opposed to that, if if at all possible. And I mean, you brought up uh, <laughs> before the call, you brought up state. I think we're in phase four here in Chicago, and part of that is having you know people can attend sporting contests now i don't know that i don't know if baseball will impose restrictions on that so that there aren't unfair advantages for certain teams over others but my hunch is that they won't and they'll just let the jurisdiction determine you know who's allowed where and so i don't know i i I, yeah i mean i think you're right i think that football's got to be watching baseball very keenly and more importantly capitalizing on what baseball won't do because baseball tends to be not super smart when it comes to like league-wide you know Mm. rulings.
1: Hey guys Chris here and while we still may be in the gearing up phase for a handful of sports there is absolutely no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners betonline.ag. Slowly but surely, sports are making their way back with the UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way and BetOnline has all of the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. But is that not enough for you? Well, BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every single day live for you to check out. And if you're looking for something uh, other than sports, for instance, BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus using the promo code podcast1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E for that sign-up bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. How much of a uh, a detriment would be a disastrous baseball season to us getting a football season? Uh, you know, we a bunch of bunch of teams, uh, you know, struggle to field rosters because of coronavirus outbreaks. Do you, do you mm. see a scenario where baseball goes so poorly that football doesn't happen?
0: No, I don't. I think there's there's definitely a level of cockiness to the football. <laughs> You know the, the brain trust there that runs a show and mm-hmm. i think they're i think the nfl specifically is what we're talking about right not college because the nfl is I, I, their owners and goodell are just such a tightly knit group that seem to be always in line with one another that i think that they're they feel strongly even when everything else was sort of falling apart They're you know across the country in terms of sports they have never wavered whether it was a draft or free agency and granted those are obviously different types of things Mm -hmm. but the schedule release i mean you know not even (laughs) not even like kind of acknowledging that they may not be able to play the first few weeks like they have they have given no hint that there is even a pandemic at Mm -hmm. this stage you know they i feel like they are they are Full steam ahead, and uh, yeah, I I don't see a failure in baseball dictating a failure in football unless it's, I mean, unless it's whatever happened with basketball. Like, if that, you're saying, are you saying that, like, if the situation that happened with the NBA 110 days ago happened here, like, if football would shut down?
1: Well, I don't, I don't see any scenario where you're not going to have numerous positive tests during the season Right. And that's right. gonna that's gonna be interesting because you know if you get one, and guys, especially you're on a plane with all these guys, if you one guy is sick, you know the so-called super spreaders, they can infect ten other people. But by, by the end of that flight, and then oh. all of a sudden, you have eleven guys who aren't playing because of coronavirus. How do you feel of the team?
0: I, yeah, I mean it's it's a fair question for you and me to ask each other, but I think that. I just don't see the NFL, like, for whatever reason, I, I you know, we talked about this with basketball, but I think they'll have a plan in terms of, like, look, if there are positive tests, we're, we're going. We're still going. Mm. Um, but then there has to be, I don't even know if they would have thought of this, but if I'm running the league, there has to be a place where it's like, okay, this is too much. We're risking too many people at this stage. And, I mean, 23 Clemson guys, right? Yeah. 23 Clemson 23. Tigers get it. I mean, that's how quickly and this is, you know, all the, uh, the herd immunity folks want to say that, like, you know, well, you know, it's it's the young people are fine. You know, they'll, they'll be healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that there's there's still obviously a lot of risk there are a lot of older people that you interact with. And there's just right. like a general needing to stop the spread of a disease that has to be accounted for at that level. And in the NFL it's very different. Like we have twenty-three anonymous Clemson Tigers that are um, you know, that were infected, but like when it is Zeke Elliott, when it is Dak Prescott, and that stuff's happening in the middle of the season and they're missing two games in a sixteen game season, um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be magnified for sure. So but I, I do think they'll just roll with it. And I think this is just gonna be one of those really bizarre se- seasons.
1: Yeah, we can talk about the, yeah, like you said, herd immunity and all of that, but 123,000 Americans have died of coronavirus. Right. Like this is a substantial thing. And while we are, you know, trending down, it's It's still frightening. It is, yeah. we're, we're nowhere near taken care of. And this isn't accounting for, you know, 23 states that are showing record increases day to day. And this is not accounting for the second wave that we're talking about in the fall.
0: Mm-hmm, right, and I know I'm probably not using I'm I'm overgeneralizing with the herd immunity <laughs> phrase there. I but well, no, I think I know that you are. right, you know what I'm saying though. Like it's there's even if it's a population that isn't as at risk of mortality. I mean, the again you brought up the phrase super carriers. There's just there are things that, and especially when you're in the NFL and you are under the bright lights all the time. And especially when you're actually playing, it's during the season. I mean, you dictate what a lot, what the public is thinking in many cases, Mm -hmm. you know, or how the public perceives the disease. And I mean that that's both good and bad, and not just the disease, obviously anything. But I'm sorry, we're talking about the disease in particular. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how they all handle it. Um, You know, I, I. there's really no way of knowing but my guess my hunch just given the way that they've sort of handled everything from step one of this pandemic becoming more publicized and the shutdown of sports I just I think the NFL will do all it can to play through honestly like pretty much any circumstance barring just another massive massive outbreak and even then it wouldn't shock me if they tried to play through it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just think the optics are going to be terrible at a certain point. You're talking about, totally. you know, we're probably, we're, we're at, how let's see, uh, 739 people. The number was pretty low the last couple of days, but a lot of that is just stuff hasn't been reported as coronavirus deaths yet. So, you know, we're at 550, 800, like basically... Close to a thousand people a day are dying in the U.S. in of coronavirus, and as per this map, I honestly thought it was way higher than that. But <laughs> but we're going to get to 150k easy by you know July. This is talking about a second wave. Hopefully, people are smarter this time and more prepared. But it's tough to imagine we're not looking at a situation where a quarter of a million Americans die from this thing, and how do you like how do how do you have sports at that time
0: <laughs> yeah well i i think that it's kind of been what we've been grappling with for weeks like yes, you we need an escape, but also we need to acknowledge the safety of our people mm-hmm. and you know the somberness that goes along with something that's killing so many and i i mean there is i do think there's like a middle ground I just hope that the n f l specifically isn't like reckless in the way that it tries to bring something to the people for the sake of money or for the sake of whatever else, you know? Like, and I do think that travel is a big way to transmit the disease and yeah. ignore, like, some of the negative negativity around it, which I think is, is not great.
1: What, okay, <laughs> I and I know this is a tough question to ask, but let's say it is week 15 of the NFL season, Two teams, uh, for argument's sake, just because they're in the same division, let's call it the Lions and the Packers are playing. You know, the game teams are within a game and a half of each other, and the the Packers find out, oh, looks like Aaron Rodgers might be sick. Mm-hmm. Do do they sit on that information? Will are, are there are there teams that would sit on that information to win totally, a football
0: game? Hundred yeah. percent, no question in my mind. I, it crossed my mind. when We were talking about it earlier. And will the NFL be okay with that? I think they totally would be, which isn't a good thing. I, know? Don't know how,
1: I don't know how you say you, they would be because I feel like that is opening them up to a gigantic lawsuit should something happen. Just
0: gigantic. Oh, you mean from like a, yeah. I, I meant more like, say the Packers knew Aaron Rodgers had it. They communicate that to the league. They communicate it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Obviously, the Lions would be like, "All right, he's, he can't play." Yeah, right. So right? <laughs>
1: yeah, somebody somebody on that Lions defense gets sick. Somebody you know they die, and when somebody in their family dies, that well, is, uh, I can't even imagine what that lawsuit looks like. I was
0: just gonna caveat this with the morbid reality that if someone dies, totally everything is off limit. Like, yeah. changes everything. And and sadly, I think that that literally might be what happens, you know? Like, I mean, it could definitely be a reason.
1: Well, especially with football, because, you know, baseball and basketball and stuff like that, and even hockey, we are talking about elite, elite athletes. Football's got some big guys.
0: Yes. With, you know, yes. For sure. Baseball, too. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. To a lesser extent. (laughs) Baseball, you're not talking about 340-pound offensive line.
0: Well, (laughs) I... And I think that part of this all is going to be that the NBA is going to be playing and I don't, I, again, I just keep going back to the fact that I think that they've really flushed this out super well yeah. and that they were able to have a, a sport and organize well and get to, to one specific bubbled location. That's not going to be a fair apples to apples comp for, you know, for baseball or football. And because I do expect the NBA to be successful in the way that they run this tournament, Um, in the rest of the season, like, I think that it's going to embolden leagues like the NFL and NCAA football to just go ahead, even though it's, again, it's not truly an apples-to-apples comp.
1: NCAA football is going to be really interesting to me, and I I can Mm. only speak for what's going on here, but, you know, Alexa got the the information for, for Berkeley next year, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember everything, but... If I remember correctly, they're for the 2020-2021 year, they're basically saying, look, every, everything is going to be available online. You're welcome to come in to, to school if you want, but absolutely everything is shut down on campus after Thanksgiving because that's when everybody goes away. That's when everybody travels. And at that point, it is literally online for the rest of the school year. So that spring semester and all, it will be online. I, I don't, how do you have college sports if you don't have students in the facilities?
0: I know. I, you know, we've talked about this from, this is from a while ago, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I mean, I think that it's just clearly distinguishing football, for sports from the student body, you know, even though they're representatives of the university and there's technically quote unquote student comma at or okay. hyphen athletes, like I, I don't. I don't know. I I I think it's just making clear the difference between the two and I you know I I guess I, I do understand it a little bit. I think that it's kind of if you're able to, you know, take the precautions you need, then I think it could be a cool thing for people working remote or like, you know, studying remotely and still affiliated with the university and giving the university tons and tons of money mm-hmm. to have something to root for and, you know, at the same time we've talked about how football in particular and basketball, of course, you know, help fund all these other sports, which right. admittedly wouldn't be playing at this stage. But, you know, I, I mean, I think that it's all, I, I mean, my bigger concern isn't like, I think they can play without students there, my, without students on campus. My concern would be, how do you, how do you safely execute this? Because right. there are many more issues with double the amount of students and like, i'm sorry dumb, college dumb, children right right double the amount of players some of the dumbest people you know just immaturity and you know and there's like um there's 130 schools you got to consider or more mm-hmm. way more and so you know the, and I'm, I'm assuming like just that'd be just like the big conferences still playing and so I, I there are so many logistical issues that this is so fraught and i i have no idea how they're gonna I have no idea how they're going to do it. And it does. It, it would take a lot of dissonance to actually go with it.
1: Well, there's going to be the other interesting part of the college season that we talked about, wherein if some conferences elect not to play, do those schools have to allow those players to transfer and, and be eligible immediately at a school that is playing?
0: That's, I, yeah. I, I, I think have you to. have to. You have to. I mean, absolutely have to, and the NCAA has to let it go quickly and and like process that stuff quickly. So, the and if there is one less competent body than governing body than the MLB, it is mm-hmm. the NCAA. So, I don't expect that they would be able to put that all together that quickly, um, especially because time's running out. I mean, look, that training camps are in less than a month for the yeah. NFL and for you know, right at a month and, and college, you know, two days and all that, that, that isn't that that's supposed to be in July too. So
1: Very soon. And then I that's where we saw twenty three Clemson kids test positive.
0: Right. And there hasn't even been, you know, we didn't have spring games and all that stuff. And so there's a lot. And you know, these coaches are sharks and so they want mm-hmm. their players out there. They wanna they're gonna wanna make up for lost time and it's <laughs> there's there are there are myriad concerns there, but I at the, at the end of the day, there, it's a money grab, and I do think that they'll do everything they can. I just don't think it'll be safely executed, and I'm worried that the NCAA will end up screwing over the NFL in some way as well. Do you? How so? Just in terms of, like, if 23 Clemson guys are sick now, like, say you know, a star player gets it or, or God forbid something serious happens to one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it could shut down sports football, specifically across the country in both at the pro level as well.
1: Well, I'm on the, you know, on the record is saying college sports shouldn't be played. I think that's, it's risking the lives you, of these young people that mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so different when you're talking about millionaires playing as oppo- in in a confined space, as opposed to these college kids. But, these college kids are also trying to become those millionaires by playing. So that's hard. It's just, do you think we see any high profile college players say, yeah, I'm not going to play this year. I'm just, I'll train on my own and I'll get ready for the draft.
0: I don't, I really don't. I I absolutely do. What? Like, like, First round pick esque players. Top forty five guys, yeah. Are you 45. talking about like a Nick Bosa situation? Or are you talking about like a like they start the season and they're like, Yeah, I'm I'm good, or like they like Trevor Lawrence-ish guy, not even him, but does not play else a snap. Doesn't play a snap going in. Oh. Yeah. I could I, absolutely I mean, see
1: that happening. Especially if a guy Especially if a guy thinks maybe like, oh, I had a really good junior year or I had a really good sophomore year. And maybe the team isn't set up for that kind of success this season. I could yeah. absolutely see that happening. We already, you know, we're seeing for very different reasons. Right. But we're seeing Davis Bartons is not going to play for the Wizards in the in the picked up NBA season. Trevor mm-hmm. Ariza is not going to play for the Trailblazers. Like guys are not are just they're not going to play. And these are the first two that we're hearing. There's going to be more. I
0: think. Well, they have so tomorrow. I think to to make yeah. that announcement, don't they? I I yep. don't know. I. I don't think there's going to be a lot of NBA ones, but I I hear you. And I think that is possible. But more more likely, I think the bigger impact is if we have a college season, which I'm going to say big if on that. Okay. Um, you know, I think that once a team loses its first game or two games, that's when you're going to see, like, we've already seen it starting to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's when people are going to be like, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm no way from everybody and, you know, not that you wouldn't be anyway, especially if campuses are shut down. But, you know, like, I think that that's definitely a possibility where you'll have players say, yeah, like, you know, we're out of it. I'm good. I don't need to be here. I'll go start training with a pro guy and uh, and move it along. And so I think that's that's a possibility. And then, you know, I thought you were going to go in this direction, but I, I think that, um, you know, there are social factors right now that are also involved and. You know, yeah. like we saw Kylan Hill talk about not wanting to ever play at Mississippi State again until that flag is changed. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's the route it, some will go, um, but it wouldn't shock me if we see just kind of like a combination of things result in players dropping out early, for sure.
1: Were you surprised by how quickly that Chuba Hubbard thing was resolved?
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. I was surprised by how quickly it was resolved. I didn't... Yeah. It I'm, literally went
1: from I'm never going to play for this school again to him and Mike Gundy on a video together shaking hands. Like
0: Dappen, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, it was surprising me. A little disheartening, to be honest. Like, if I'm yeah. Chubba Hubbard, like, if you're going to stand out on that edge, go all the way with it, man. Um, but, you know, and especially for a guy like Chubba Hubbard who is definitely going to play in the NFL, you know, and probably, probably should have declared last year. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was a unique circumstance. I thought he was uniquely situated to make a big stand there because of the fact that he knew he could have gotten drafted or he can or will get drafted. Supplemental draft. Right. I thought right. he was a lock
1: for the supplemental draft. I, I thought so,
0: too. The, the three or four hours in between. <laughs> yeah. definitely <laughs> no, felt like, okay, here's a supplemental you. But, yeah. Um, I Yeah, it's – but I do think that that's – that's a precedent. He did set a little bit of a precedent there. Him and, you know, we see it with Tallinn Hill. I think there are gonna be other guys, although it seems like most coaches have very quickly fallen behind their players when it comes to this stuff. So maybe that won't be a big factor.
1: Yeah, I thought it was gonna be interesting. I thought this was gonna be the year we started to see some some more unorthodox stuff. Like we're in basketball, we're seeing a lot of the top prospects, well, a decent amount of the top prospects head to that G-League select team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Nix, Kai Soto, the big uh, the Filipino center, and um, and Jalen Green all there. Also, uh, Jonathan Kaminga is very likely to reclassify. He's a top player in 2021. He's going to jump mm-hmm. up to 2020. Odds are he's going to join that team as well. So you're talking about you know two of the like potential five or seven top picks in that 2021 draft could be playing for that team. It looked very likely. That Cade Cunningham, the best player in in their yeah. class, was going to be joining that group as well as Oklahoma State's now going to be ineligible for postseason play. But uh, he decided, hey, I'm going to stay at Oklahoma State. Just so happens that his brother is on the staff there. I'm not <laughs> saying anything, you know, untoward is happening, but it probably <laughs> is. Knowing how sports work, good for him, uh, you know, doing a solid for his brother. But if that's even what it is. By the way, Cade Cunningham is a spectacular prospect. I can't wait <clears> for that. Uh, I wanted to talk about the, some N- NBA draft stuff really quick here at the end because I saw a, a fascinating post on Reddit about uh, the history of inefficient college guards and how they end up translating into the NBA. Uh, by the way, the NBA draft has been rescheduled for October 15th. For all those listening, i uh, looking forward to that. But it's going to be weird that... <laughs> have that in the fall. Uh, so basically this post says, inefficient guards with a sub-54% true shooting in college international play very rarely become good NBA players. Uh, this person looked at all of the guards drafted since 2009 um, that fell into that inefficient sub-54% t- uh, true shooting category, and only 25 of those guys had any sort of meaningful playtime in the NBA, and, only, uh, and that only resulted in six All-Star seasons Four of them from Kemble Walker, one from Drew Holiday, one from Donovan Mitchell. And all of those guys, by the way, all of those guys were at 53%. So just one point under that, that threshold. If you take it down, it's even more scary. But, so basically, you know, n- since 2009, no guy who has ever shot in 53% or, well, 52.9% or below in terms of true shooting in college or international play has ever made an all-star game wow. this year. Some of the top players, I'm going to give you the true shooting of some of the top players in college uh, in the draft this year. LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball is at 47.9%.
0: Does it apply to international
1: play? Yes, in, okay. between college and international play. Okay. Uh, LaMelo is at 47.9%. Anthony Edwards is at 52%. Mm. Cole Anthony is at 50.1%. RJ Hampton is at 50.7%. Nico Mannion is at 52%. And Tyrese Maxey at 53.1% percent so uh without with taking maxi out of this if any of these guys were to go on to become an all-star they would literally be the first player in 12 years to do so shooting as poorly as they did in college
0: wow that's that's wild i think Halliburton's higher though right he's like 60 or 65 or something uh, this, this Hal- true shooting's really good.
1: Halliburton's true shooting is 63 percent
0: yeah that's good um is Halliburton
1: yeah. the, the guy I you, you I noticed you mentioned him very quickly. Is that a guy you're uh, locking into for the Bulls?
0: I no, I just I was trying to think of other guards that were considered near the top. Um, and so that's that was just a well, first here, name.
1: I can I'll give you some. I'm looking at the mock draft on Tankathon right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, Ed, like I like said, Edwards fifty two, ball fifty uh, forty-five, Denny Avija is fifty nine percent. Uh Killian Hayes is fifty-eight percent, although I despise Killian Hayes as a prospect. Cole Anthony, 50%. Devin Vassell is 58%. Aaron Nesmith 68%. 68%. Ah, yes. uh, Sadiq Bey, 60%. Hampton's 48 Maxi 53 uh, Going down, Josh Green also falls into this category from Arizona at 52.8%. Kira Lewis is at 56%. James Ramsey at 54%. Um, Maladon's at 54%. Leandro Balmaro is at fifty percent. Uh, Trey Jones, oh, that one's interesting. Trey Jones, fifty-two point four percent. So he's also in that category.
0: Interesting. Wait, did you? What was the threshold you said? I thought it was fifty-three.
1: Fifth, so fifty-three, yeah, it is fifty-three. Fifty-four was the the six All-Star seasons. Fifty-three is zero All-Star <laughs> seasons, and Trey wow. Jones is at fifty-two point four.
0: I wonder what you know. I mean that that's obviously like Drew Holiday or whoever whoever the one was, is Kemba. Kemba is the one. So I mean it. It's not like the fifty three point one is like a true threshold, you know, for like mm-hmm. oh he's a good shooter, he's not. But um, that's really interesting. I I'll have to start looking at that a little closer. But I mean it's indicative of the kind of game we have now, you know. Like if you if you offer absolutely no threat as a guard. Um, to shoot the ball, like I mean, it changes. Like it limits what your upside is, which is what an all star is. You know, like to break into an all star game, you have to be a very good player at this stage. So yeah, I think you got to be able to shoot for sure.
1: Yeah, I think we might see some interesting things happen in this draft. Uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Halliburton. I think he may end up going higher than we think he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Obi Toppins, a guy who people are going to view as a safe option yeah who i think is gonna go a little bit higher than we think he is and uh man i always thought this name was pronounced Avija uh i it i is was a... watching i was watching uh Corey Talaba from hardwood herald and soon to be underdog podcasts uh his breakdown of Avija's recent game and it he it was pronounced very differently so, yeah and, uh, it's yeah it's it's i don't think we've been saying it right but you know, a lot of these international guys, you hear it pronounced correctly for the first time on draft night, so don't worry <laughs> donch, too much about donch. that. yeah. Well, yeah, that I that one I knew, but uh, Nilenkita was uh, was a rough one. Frank Nilenkita.
0: <laughs> well, you're nothing if not an elite pronunci- <laughs> pronouncer <our> of <own> names. <laughs> yeah, so. that is. That's absolutely true,
1: <laughs> Andrew Shukana. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. indeed, uh, indeed.
1: So, all right, let's do. I'm going to do a sim right now. The Bulls are sitting at the Bulls are sitting at number two
0: on Oh wow! Unbelievable. This, the
1: the the Detroit Pistons have jumped up to number one. The Pistons recently uh, hired Troy Weaver, and they they want to mm. surround uh, Blake Griffin and somebody else who was on the team who I forget with <laughs> young talent. Really, it's the Pistons. So we don't need to know the mm-hmm. names of the players on the yeah, roster. Uh, so the Pistons take Lamelo Ball at number one. Who who are? Do you wanted both?
0: Yeah, I do. I want ball, but if not, I mean, I think that I think Anthony Edwards is probably a guy you can't really pass on there or Wiseman. Um, Wiseman just kind of like they don't have a true center, but I think that Carter is a fine center for today's day and age. And yeah, you know, you've already got Markin who's like you. That's two big bodies that you can you can roll with in the front court. I think that. You probably just take a chance on the upside with Edwards if I had to guess, but you know i i'm I'm that would be a great scenario to be at number two there I think
1: this is Edwards is the only guy who I think has that alpha scoring potential
0: interesting i i I don't know why I'm still on this hill, but I do feel like Cole Anthony has the potential to be that guy. I don't know that he i I would put the chances as low that he actually realizes it, but right. I do think that he's still. He's got that in him, you know I just can't shake some of the early games Of, of his North Carolina career that we saw
1: Cole Anthony uh, he Watching Cole Anthony for the first time And, and subsequently it, it always reminds me of the first time I watched Harrison Barnes play And it was, it was at the McDonald's All-American game, and people forget Harrison Barnes, the top player in his high school Class, and was drawing comps to Kobe Bryant at, In high school
0: Yeah, I know, and, right?
1: I watched this guy play, and I was like, "I don't see it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get why people like him." And I've always felt the same way about Cole Anthony. I watched Cole Anthony get outplayed by Nico Mannion in multiple All Star games. Uh, you're time. a
0: big Nico Mannion guy. I love I, him, and
1: I stand by it. I think he's still <laughs> going to be a he's still going to be a good backup guard in the NBA. Yeah, yeah,
0: he could. Um, I you know I. The difference to me between Barnes and Anthony, and this happens to a lot of guys that are really good, really young, like Carison Barnes in terms of skilled, I mean, he just became passive. I, I never mm. felt like he, he even on North Carolina, I never felt like he was like, you know, he he's a rock solid player that can give you 20 or whatever, but he's not going to take over a game at any point, and... I did feel that with Cole Anthony at times that he that he would and sometimes to a fault but it seems like you know he's definitely a more erratic player but I I still like I just like the potential of Cole Anthony a little bit more um than you know I I mean and it's okay not every guy is going to be an A plus you got to hit some singles along the way but he's got that home run potential in my mind
1: Well and it does it also is worth pointing out that that North Carolina team that Anthony played for last year was just abysmal at best i'm looking for he had a crazy 30 percent usage rate harrison barnes oh it's pretty high harrison mm. barnes was a 28.1 usage rate wow uh, his his sophomore season 26.6 his freshman season that's
0: much higher than i expected
1: yeah he, you know he was a he was a good college player he was just never you know the per 40s look great he's a 23.3 but uh, per mm. 40s are, are obviously a misleading stat he Barnes was 17 points a game that sophomore year. Nothing nothing wrong with that, but only shot 72% from the line and 35% from the three. And uh, that's sort of the Harrison Barnes we got in the NBA. Yep. A guy who is content to be the fourth best starter on any team.
0: The thing is, like, and this is exactly what we're talking about, I mean, if you could draft Harrison Barnes in this draft, I mean... Oh, yeah. That's like, hell, you know, sign me up for that, really. Like, pretty much anywhere, but you know, you know what you're not getting in him and and drafting a guy like that. And I think that that's, you know, that's the conflict with a player like, I don't know, Obi Toppin, for example. Like, I think that we all know that he's probably not going to be, like, this megastar in the league. Um, But, you know, if you know you can get a solid starter or, like, a rotational top seven guy on a roster, like, I think that that's, that's certainly still valuable.
1: I see a little like Marcus Morris kind of player in it Yeah, conference. totally.
0: Totally. That's a great comp.
1: And a- absolutely positively nothing wrong with that, especially in this draft. If Barnes was in this draft, where does he go?
0: <sighs> I is think it if one? You, I honestly, yeah, I was going to say he might go 1. I, if you to if the you Warriors,
1: t- that would be funny. Yeah, there you go.
0: Um like Wiseman. Like what what Wiseman, say Wiseman is Aiden, you know, at this stage I mean, yeah. is he the number one guy? It, it seems like that's what's going to happen if the Warriors get the pick, but I don't
1: know. <sighs> They've gone back and forth. You heard a lot of like, "Oh, they're not interested in Wiseman." Apparently, they really like Halliburton, hmm. but there is there's a Ashton. lot of uh, a lot of time. Well, I think the the logic with Halliburton is he's such a good catch and shoot guy that he can either he can play alongside Curry and sort of clear out and also run that second unit like a Sean Livingston did for. Golden State, but you know that's not an exciting pick. You're, you're not excited to get 32 year old Sean Livingston with the third pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean that's what we're talking about. Know, Barnes, you know, Barnes mm. Livingston, kind of the same, not the same type, but you know, same. We're having the same kind of conversation. Yeah, Barnes is, what is what a guy
1: who. Sn- Barnes is a guy who snuck a max contract out, though. It's uh, Livingston was never going to get that. Mm, very
0: true.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, All right. <laughs> by the time, by the time we uh, we talk next week, you know we should have some more clarity about what this this baseball season is going to look like. What uh, other sports are going to look like moving forward? So it's a fun time. It's also a terrifying time where every update I keep waiting for it to be you know sports are shut down because every single baseball player tested positive for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So we just we we just need to get through this. Uh, we've got basically a um, five weeks until the NBA season kicks back off. The the Raptors have landed. They are in Florida. we wow. So we've, the NBA uh, training camp parts has started. <sighs> we just, fingers crossed that this doesn't all go
0: horribly wrong. I know. I know. I agree. Um, the thing is with baseball, too, like, we, you touched upon this briefly, but, like, this, this is going to be- move very quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we've said for weeks this has to get resolved quickly. It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't. And now, you know, there's like, they're asking the players to report in seven days. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be right back to the spring training stuff. There's going to be actual sports storylines, hopefully, that aren't involving like players testing positive and all that. And so I think that it's, I yeah, I, I it's going to move very quickly. We're going to be talking about this season, you know. It's June. It's June twenty third, right? And I mean, I think that like, and they're they're trying to play before the NBA even gets started. We've talked about the NBA being ready for multiple weeks, so Mm. it's it the the turnaround here in the next three to four weeks is going to be insane for baseball.
1: Well, I are we getting more? Are we getting spring training
0: games? I think so. I don't think they're just going to dive right into. But I, then yeah, but again, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I haven't, I haven't specifically seen anything laid out in terms of spring training games, and if you know, that's got to be what at least two weeks of spring training games. So, oh yeah, you're talking about by July 10th, baseball is being played.
0: Yeah, and I mean, regular season they want to start July 19th. So, is it 19th? 24th, I think. Oh, okay. Originally, they had said 19th yesterday, but um, yeah, I mean, those are the details that we should find more and more about here in the next few days.
1: Let's just Hopefully. let's just hope there's still, still something to talk about next week. That's all. I was gonna all say, we can ask for. It. I have yeah. no
0: idea what's happening with like the filing of the grievance. Um, yeah. Because that's like the other thing is you know the 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 league wanted the players to waive their ability to file grievance. Can they file once the MLB says like we're ready to go? And then if they do file, can they still play under the filed grievance, or would they just basically be striking? Against the league. I don't know. There, well, there's a lot to be figured out there. Let me,
1: let me answer that question for you. How might a grievance from the MLBPA affect the 2020 season? This is from an ESPN article about everything you need to know about spring training today. Oh, or about wow. baseball today. I should have read uh, that. Sh- it shouldn't. I, I, Yeah, I look to find the details. Trust me. It, sh- it shouldn't have any effect as these things take a long time to resolve. We're talking years, which overlaps with the looming CBA talks. So this grievance won't affect this season, but it's obviously going to play a big part in the uh, 2021 CBA.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that helps to, to know. Um, so yeah, well, that's just going to create even more animosity between the sides. So that's something to look forward to.
1: Can't wait for that three-year strike. (laughs) Good times. All right, well, that is going to be it for this week's episode of The Underdog. For Aunt Shukana. I'm Chris Horwood. We thank you for listening. I forgot where I was in that. And we'll see you next week. (laughs)